You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This this is the Blue Horseshoe with your host, George Brummer and Ryan Hickey. Ryan Hickey, George Bremer, back with you here on the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. All right, so now as you start to look ahead towards the season, the team the Colts are chasing are the, are the Tennessee Titans, right? That's the, the uh, recent division winner. That's a team that's always recently now been in the thorn in the Colts' side, getting swept last year. They play them twice now in the first seven games. We will know, George, very quickly how this team does stack up to the, the biggest competitor standing in their way. Uh, of an AFC South title. We are both believers and we are both predicting the Colts will win the division this year. But I found it very interesting because Bill Polian was at Colts practice last week when the Lions were in town as part of Sirius XM. And he was talking with The Athletic and he was basically saying that even though he is high in the Colts, even though he thinks this is a playoff team, he is still saying the AFC South runs through Tennessee. It's still the Titans division to lose. He's not saying the Colts right now are a better team or doesn't believe right now the Colts are a better team than the Titans. Would you agree with Bill Polian's assessment? No. Uh, you know, and I all due respect to the guy who, who's the greatest GM in this franchise's history and one of the greatest GMs in, in the history of this league. I mean, you look at what he did in his career. It's hard to replicate. Uh, took an expansion team to an NFC championship game, for goodness sakes. Uh, you know, he knows a lot of football, and I understand where he's coming from. I, I think there's definitely an element of, Tennessee's done it now two years running. They're, they're three and one against the Colts in the last two years. Uh, they are the team to be, I understand, from that aspect. I still think the loss of A.J. Brown is, is a massive situation for that team. I'm not underrating anything else they've got. I think Derrick Henry is still one of the biggest weapons out there. I think they've got a really opportunistic defense. It's probably a little underrated. Uh, but A.J. Brown, I think, was such a, a big part, at least when they played Indianapolis. It, it felt like for years, the Colts had the Titans number, and that tide turned when A.J. Brown started making big plays consistency, consistently against the Colts. To me, that that's what I need to see from Tennessee. Maybe week three or four, I'll have a different opinion, but right now, I feel like that loss of A.J. Brown is, is swings things in the Colts' favor. I would agree. I'm with you. I, I know the Titans have won it. So, and like you mentioned, the Colts are one and three in the last four. So it's not like this has been a, a you know a rivalry per se that has been even or even owned by the Colts. So I get where Bill Polian is initially saying from you. You kind of got to, you know, beat the champs in order to beat the champs. But I'm with you 100%. Like the loss of A.J. Brown. Also, too, what that signals to the rest of the team. Like this is a team when you build your entire roster and success on offense around a running back. And we know the short shelf life of running back, even of someone of Derrick Henry's build and stature, who's built like a Greek god, right? Mm -hmm. You still have a very small window to capitalize on that. And even though Derrick Henry missed half the year last year, the, the Titans were still the number one seed, right? They won 12 games. So you figure, okay, you're coming back. AJ Brown's going to be there. You know, Derrick Henry should be healthy and ready to go. You should just be ready to reload instead of offloading a guy because you don't want to pay him for whatever reason. I don't really get. I think AJ Brown and 
He's done plenty of, you know, had plenty of big games against the Colts. So maybe we're a little biased there, but no reason <laughs> not to pay him so far. You know, he's looked like an all pro anytime he played ending. But it's like, I, th- I wonder also, too, what the message and what the feel of the Titans are, because you can't feel good about any, you know, being a player in that locker room when you think, okay, we have a chance and, and you know, we should be aiming for Super Bowl. But here are front offices, you know, shipping out one of the best young receivers in the game. And I know you got Robert Woods, in, you know, in return, and he's going to be now kind of sliding into that role a little bit, but still very different. And we've also seen, too, George, we know how to kind of crack the Titans code. Now, the Colts haven't been able to do it recently, but you slow down Derrick Henry. You, you limit them and don't have them, you know, run for 120, 150 yards a game. More times than not, Ryan Tannehill is not going to win you a game. And that's something the Colts have done at, at, in times very well in containing Derrick Henry. Other times have not done, you know, a very good job. But that is going to be the key for sure. And I'm with you. You take away the best receiver, you're able to limit, especially Derrick Henry, which, look, I don't know about you. You can make the argument maybe he's fresher missing eight games last year. I still think there's going to be some rust as well. So you get him twice early on. Maybe he's still trying to work his way back. I think the Colts, you know, are favored to have the better roster and have the advantage, especially playing twice early on in the year over this Titans team. Yeah, I just I look at especially the two offenses. I just think the Colts can do a lot more. Not that the receiving core here doesn't have issues. We've talked about that a lot already, and there's definitely things that can be addressed there. But Jonathan Taylor is the one guy who can be in that conversation. Well, probably Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb are the two guys who can be in that conversation with Derrick Henry as the best running back in the league. Uh, You're going to run the ball as well as anybody. I think Michael Pittman's going to have a huge year. I mean, I keep throwing the, pro- the the projection up and up. I was saying 100 catches. Now I might be at 120. I think he's <laughs> going to have a massive season here, and then he's going to be the guy who needs to be paid next year in that A.J. Brown role. Uh, but I just don't I, – I think this Colts offense can do a lot more. If I'm a defense coordinator and I'm preparing for these two teams, I'm worried about a lot more of the things the Colts do offensively than I am what Tennessee does. And I think the defenses are comparable too. I, I think Indy's got a little bit better defense. I think Tennessee's defense doesn't get as much credit as it should. I think Mike Vrabel's done an absolutely amazing job over there in terms of the whole roster, but especially that whole defense just plays with his mentality. It doesn't really matter. They don't necessarily have big names outside of maybe Kevin Byard, who is really underrated. Uh, at that safety spot, uh, the rest of that group is not necessarily going to be Pro Bowl type guys, but maybe Harold Landry's getting into that conversation now as well. Uh, but and we'll see if Bud Dupree's healthy. That helps him a lot too. They Jeffrey played Simmons really had well. a good year last year too. He's a monster. I definitely have to mention him. You know <laughs> that defense is. I, people talk about Henry all the time, but that defense I think is why they were able to withstand his loss last year, and I think that's that's a real factor they're going to be a problem but i still think at the end of the day the colts defense can go toe-to-toe with them and i think the colts offense has more weapons than tennessee's does we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And even look, I get last year the team's a little bit different, but you look at what on paper we both believe was a better Titans team last year than going to this year. You had, I believe it was week three, Carson Wentz playing on, on no ankle. Somehow, I don't even know how he's able to walk on the field. Colts lost, but for the most part, they kept it close. I get, okay, you know, you know, close is only good in horseshoes and hand grenades, sure. 
But, you know, they were at least more competitive than I anticipated, George, you know, going into that game uh, in week number three in Tennessee. And then Halloween weekend, this game he should have won, frankly. You know, Carson Wentz throws a left-handed interception. To his credit, drives him down and tie the game. Then in overtime, stares down uh, – I forget which receiver it was, but I think there was – I think half the Titans' defense was over in the area where he was looking, and it was an easy pick game over. So you think, especially with Matt Ryan providing more balance, where you mentioned Jonathan Taylor being kind of one of the few guys in the NFL that can match the production Derrick Henry has. But if let's just say the Titans' defense, you mentioned the front seven especially, fierce, strong, aggressive. John Taylor doesn't have a, a great day. I feel a lot more confident in Matt Ryan being able to have success in a pass game with maybe less talented, less experienced receivers than Ryan Tannehill having you know a, a better day and having to rely on his arm to win a game. That's where it comes down to, to me. I mean, you look at those two quarterbacks, I think the Colts have the edge. And that, I mean, what do you look at most matchups? Quarterbacks and the head coaches. And again, I think Vrabel's done a terrific job, but I don't know if he makes up enough of, of the difference between Tannehill and Ryan. You know, I think Frank Reich's a really good head coach as well. And so, uh, and he's done a really good job here. I don't know how many guys would go through five different quarterbacks or four down this going into his fifth. And basically, you should have made the playoffs in three of those years. There's, there aren't a lot of head coaches who would have a team in that kind of situation. So I think it's going to be a really good race. I think it's going to be a tight race all year long. I think it's interesting they play so so fast out of the gate. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the Colts bugaboo the last few years has been those slow starts. And if you do that this year, you're going to put yourself in a big hole in the division. I mean, like you just said, five of the first seven games are against AFC South opponents. You can't afford to be one and six or, or two and five this year like you have been in the past. That ain't going to cut it. You know, you're going to have to come out and, and be at least four and three. But I also think, you know, it's interesting. We were kind of talking about this morning, you know, what we want to do to get ready for the show. I think you could be five and two. And if both losses are to the Titans, you might be in worse shape than if you're four and three and you split with the Titans. I think it's, you know, it's not necessarily the record. It's who you beat. I love that. That's a great point. Um, because, yeah, the, as we know, those division games are so important. And the Colts have struggled, you know, in division, whether it's, again, it's getting swept by the Titans, whether it's losing games in Jacksonville. Like, you can't afford for nationally. When you look at the just the, the conference or the divisions of the AFC South, most people say that's one of the weakest divisions in the NFL. And especially when you look at this year the in the AFC that's loaded, I would say by far out of the four divisions in the AFC, I would say the AFC South is the weakest out of the four. So you have to cap, you have to take advantage. If the Colts are a good team like we believe they are, you have to come out out of the gate and take advantage of the schedule. I'm with you. I'd rather go four and three and have, you know, spoil the Titans, maybe even sweep the Titans if you want to get crazy and, you know, lose a game to the Jaguars compared to going, like I said, five and two, but both losses are to the arch rival in Tennessee. I like the last thing we'll say here, George, just quick on the schedule. I kind of like the division setup and five out of the first seven in part because, We've seen some slow starts in recent years, you know, one and five in 2018. Last year was one and four as well. Like, if the Colts are legit, we will know within the first seven weeks. Like, I, I, maybe this is me just trying to will it into discussion or will it into existence. I'm sick of these slow starts. Like, I really am. I'm tired of, you know, having the Colts having to dig themselves out of a hole. We've seen that they've been able to do so, like two improbable comebacks to put themselves in 2018 in the playoffs and last year in a position to make the playoffs. But it's like you also see the toll at the end of the year. This team is exhausted. You know, when you have to dig so much out of that hole, by the time you get to December and January, you're out of gas. This mm -hmm. has to be the year they do themselves a favor. Like I said, even four and three, well, on the surface, doesn't seem like a great record. That's given themselves so much room to breathe and so much room for error going forward, where now you can actually give yourself a chance to not only just make the playoffs, make some noise because you're not, you know, swimming upstream frantically just to, you know, kind of save your season. 
Yep, I think they've got to be above 500. You get after that seventh Agreed. game against Tennessee, you've got to be above 500. And if you are, then everything's still on the table for you. And it's it's really crazy how important those first seven weeks are. We're probably going to talk about that a lot through those first seven weeks. Uh, it's it's critical. I mean, because of the way it's set up, you've got to win. Look, this year, in all honesty, you got to sweep Jacksonville, you got to sweep Houston, and you got at least split with Tennessee. If you do that, you're going to put yourself in position to do everything you want to do in the playoffs. If you fall short of that again, like you said, you're going to end up having to win games late in the year, you know, expend energy that maybe other teams aren't having to do. And I mean, look, Cincinnati got hot last year at the end of the year. They, I think they were about four and three last year at, at that point. They were around that mark, you know, and then things got hot in November, December. Those teams that get hot in November, December, a lot of it has to do with how well did you play in September and October so that you are in position to do that, but also how healthy are you? And those two things have not gone Indianapolis's way. You know, they're banged up late in the year and they've got to make up for that. I mean, that Arizona game last year was ridiculous. I, I can't, as, as, as hard as it is to understand how they lost to Jacksonville, it's equally hard to understand how they beat Arizona. I mean, it, it was totally. really a situation that was a total mess. And then, you know, like you talked about these, these one and five, one and four starts. I think they were two and six last year at some point. It was a really bad start. And then all of a sudden you rally and you're back into position and really, you know, you got a chance to win a game in the, of the last two and get the playoffs. It's just, and they were out of gas. I think that's one of the many things that went wrong in that Raiders and, and Jaguar situation, much like the Kansas city game in 2018, where you could just tell the, the tank was empty. They got to that Raiders and Jaguars game. They've been chasing for so long. There was nothing left. You can't do that again. You, it, or you can, but the result's going to be the same. You're going right. to end up short of your goals. Right. What's the definition of insanity, George? Right. Doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. You can't expect to get off to a slow start and all of a sudden, like I said, get hot and try to be a Super Bowl contender at the end of the year. When again, you're trying to get out of a one and three, one and four, two and five hole like they've been doing the, the past few years. So very exciting times because we are wrapping up training camp. The third and final preseason game will be this weekend. And George, it looks like early in the service leagues, we will have the starters in there for about a half or so. So while last week it was mostly backups, this week in the final dress rehearsal, as we get closer and closer to final cutdown day, we will have a real offense out there, a real defense, and kind of get the closest thing to what will mimic the regular season, at least for a half on the weekend for sure. So make sure to keep it locked right here on the Blue Horseshoe because we have a lot of storylines we're watching, not just for the game and kind of getting ready for week number one, but some big-time position battles we slowly whittle our way down from 80 players to 53. The final cutdown will be on next Tuesday. And the final real last chance to make an impression the coaching staff will be in that third and final preseason game. So we got a ton of storylines for you to be watching this weekend. Whether you're doing a fantasy draft, whether you're just hanging out, you know, enjoying football on a Saturday and a Sunday, nothing can beat that. So we will be back Friday morning. George Bremer, Ryan Hickey getting you set for the third and final preseason games. We slowly inch our way there. Make sure you check out George on Twitter at GM Bremer. I am there at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. Make sure you subscribe and download to the Blue Horseshoe Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.